Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing to help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. something about there's something about getting game highlights even when the games are meaningless i couldn't find the game highlights for the game that i was most interested in which is your stupid team against my dumb ass team <laughs> i know I, I thought i saw that too like the, i saw that the preview was twins versus red sox game number one like uh really <laughs> can't we like, uh, there's gotta be something else interesting right <laughs> yeah yeah um there's a whole lot of something else I love looking at the scores and all their like six, seven, and seven innings. It's like what? All right, so we're we're agreed generally that that these thing that these um, statistics don't mean anything, but it is kind of fun to just see guys on the baseball field. Yeah, absolutely. No, it is it is pretty good, and um, be reminded of who's who and what's what and where's where and that how baseball is played. Yeah, it's kind of fun because obviously one of the nice parts about spring training is that you get to see guys that we will not see otherwise. Right, exactly. Oh, I, I mean, in years where I've had the time and luxury, it's it's fun to start seeing some of those prospects that you're looking at the prospects list and seeing who's up there and who's staying up for a little while. But, I mean, what a year this is going to be. Oh, I know, yeah. We'll talk about this when we get to the segment later. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know. Okay, but l- maybe more important, it's draft day. Draft day today, TGFBI, the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, to which we have both been, well, I, I've been there since the start, you've been there since the second, uh, the second Invitational. That's right. The industry-wide league, uh, wow, it's it's going to be big, bud. Today's the day to start drafting. I'm, I'm excited here. Are you going to get to pick today? Oh, yeah, you're going to pick today. I I'm going to pick today. I'm not sure if I'm going to pick today. Picking 10th, I doubt that I pick today. There's a chance that I don't pick and you'd pick, however slim. That has got to be incredibly <laughs> slim. You pick number two. The first person would have to be unaware that they're picking number one overall. I mean, like... Mm-hmm. And then I would have to, like, not track. The question here is, I didn't get the number one pick, so if Tatis comes to me at number two do i have to pay, take him because of my proclamation last week that was a strong proclamation <laughs> last week uh i think no <laughs> you can pass i mean it depends what what happens if um yeah it's man i don't know i don't know that's i mean this is to say that i don't think you you i really don't think that you can go wrong with a top four pick uh kentucky derby style draft uh draft order we got to pick. I did one through eight. I did one through eight and then reverse 15th. I can't believe you did one through eight. But but your rationale that you told me was that you didn't want to pick at the turn because it's too much. Or you didn't want to pick in the middle because it's too much effort. Because it's too spaced out in time. It is. It ends up being more of my mental 
uh, capacity to be at the very middle. At the same time, I looked and I was like, I want one of the first eight guys. No, well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I totally agree. I had the same like early waiting, and it was like, well, you know, we should get one of these guys. I the back half of this draft. <laughs> I mean, the back half the of the first back half of the first round is a big fall off. I was looking. I'm like trying to pick, look at who I might get, and like, this is not good. I might be one of the people that picks a pitcher in the first round. Right. Yeah, dude. Well, um, NFBC has Garrett Cole five. I know. I. I mean, I actually. I so so. You know, this obviously I will probably have picked before this comes out. So I feel pretty confident in saying that I'm. I've played out many of these drafts in my head, and I'm pretty sure I end up with a pitch. Oh yeah, so you're ten, I'm two, right? So watch for that. Yeah, you you probably will end up with a pitcher. I really don't want to. If end you had up, the choice, really would you go Cole or Degrom? Degrom or Bieber? I don't want Bieber on both my teams. I love Bieber, but I don't want him on both my teams. You should have him on both of you. All in, all in on the Biebs. Believer, Jose Ramirez sitting there at number ten. In That's the rank. what I was. I like. I looked at it and I was like, I can't do it. Don't do it. Do not pick Jose yeah. Ramirez. Oh, then you go story there. Oh, I would go story. I would go story over Ramirez just for my own, like, <laughs> not losing my mind. Although Colorado is going to be quite bad this year. But really, so Acuna, Tatis, Betts, Soto, Trout. I'd even add Turner, and then one of Garrett Cole or Degrom. Like, how do you go? How do you go wrong? No, that's that's exactly where I was. I I completely agree. So our EPL bets, we're going to do Man U over Palace, Leicester over Burnley, and Everton over West Brom. I like it. We've really we've really figured it out. I think you know we can predict twenty percent of the games with seventy percent accuracy. <laughs> I mean, am, am I wrong? <laughs> What, what is that? 20% of the time it works every time? Yeah. Sure. I mean, we're basically in that regime. Like, I can't, you know, I'm looking looking at all of these other games and, like, I, I have no clue. I don't know what's going to happen. No. I mean, sure, Man City, sure, Man City's going to win. But, like, Sheffield, Aston Villa, <laughs> why am I going to pick one there? I can't. I, no. Like, Liverpool, I Chelsea. I mean, there's at least, okay, maybe 50% of the games I just have, like, just no guess. Not even a guess. No, I think it's more like, yeah, I think it's more like a third of the games we can predict with the outcome for two-thirds of them. Okay, all right, sure. We'll I just was... put it all into the same unit, into the same factoring system. I should have, I should have, I was, I was just in base 10, it's not a big deal, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Okay, all right. So I, I think we should talk about drafting today, but I'm going to talk a little bit about some some of the improvements to the ranking system and just sort of how how I'm using our ranking system and other aggregate ranking systems to inform drafting. And I'm curious to get a few of your thoughts here. The thing that I really produced this week, I spent some time working on visual aids for our for our uh, explanation of our methodology because that's a thing that needs to okay. happen. Yes. So I have a draft one here. But I learned a few things from from making this, which what I'm showing you here is the really the the crux of our ranking system, which is what center are play what centroid are players getting assigned to. So what I've done for you here is I've taken the runs in RBI plane, so plotted RBIs and runs against each other, and I've shown the location of all the players 
and the locations of the centroids. The four panels are 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, with the same where the centroids, so the centroids are the same each one. Centroids are the same in each one because you make the centroids from the, the master list of all four, right? Because we, when, we design our, when we design our centroids, we take four years of statistics and stuff them all together and say, of these four years, where are the centroids in? Right, gives you a pretty big data set. It gives you a pretty big data set. So, but one of the things that we want, that I should be doing for validation, and this is why I'm doing this, is to look at individual years and how they compare to the others. And so 2020 is a cluster five. Yeah, do not use 2020 for your predictions. <laughs> yeah, oh my word, it is. It's Yeah, so let's just, and hopefully, hopefully I will get my game together and if you can apply labels to these with years, I'll make sure that this gets posted up. Mm. So we're looking at this, and, and Mike has, it's, it is pretty good. It's his usual, it's the usual Python, yellow, yellow, purple, orange, orange, black, other blacks. Um, so the first year, 2017, you said, mm-hmm. it is pretty good. Yellow is an outlier. Black is an outlier in the other direction. Yellow, you see a little bit of yellow around it, fading into the orange, and then there's a little purple section, and then a couple of different various blacks. In, and it, it, it makes intuitive sense. And then 2020, there are some, the dispersion. That's, so that's exactly right. so much wider. But then on top of that, you have some of the outliers are uh, colors that you wouldn't expect in places where you wouldn't expect like that orange way up top what are we doing i know who is that so that's that's exactly so this is exactly my takeaway from this is that there's so much dis i mean we've talked about this before there's so much dispersion in 2020 my guess is that it's because the because most of the statistics just haven't normalized like 60 games was is just not enough for all of these trends to for all of the trends to show up <clears throat> yeah, sixty games is usually to the All Star break, right? And we we know that sometimes the if you look at the All Star team and then look at who ended up at the end of the year being fantasy relevant, they're not always the same. Our home league actually has this problem because we we go th- through eighteen weeks of the regular season, and so sometimes you have and if you're out of it after eighteen weeks, or even if you lose in the first round of the playoffs. You sort of shut your mind off on baseball and fantasy baseball. <laughs> and then there's still a third of the season left, and things can change yeah. in that amount of time. So, I, yeah, of course. So things did not normalize enough. So I think this is – so I'm, I'm taking a couple things away from this. One, when I, I – I'm really going to try hard not to look at players' 2020 stats when I'm evaluating them for a draft. Yeah, and that's what's tough is because everywhere that's what they're listing. So I'm looking. I still have the NFBC, the the draft room open, and it has the stats from last year. And it's sort of like, what am I looking at? What does this even mean? A 154 at bats. Look at. So yeah, look at the. Listen to this. This is one Soto's stat line. He's number four, and he might he might have been drafted by me uh, by the time you hear this. At bats, 154. Average three hundred fifty one, RBIs thirty seven, runs thirty nine, home runs thirteen, stolen bases six. What am I supposed to do with that? I I don't yeah. <laughs> so 
I think I think there's a couple things you can do. One, I think overall numbers for 2020 are really bad, but we're showing here the rates. So even how many that you're getting per 100 plate appearances, and even that is not very good. So there's even dispersion in that. It's it's not it's you can't even go to the next level and say, well, I want to normalize Juan Soto's stats by his plate appearances so that or like to 600 plate appearances so that I understand sort of what he would have gotten in a full season. And I'm saying, yeah, so multiply that through by four, and then all of a sudden he has 52 home runs. Yeah, I know. And I'm right, so exactly. So I'm saying that's not very good because I can, I'm pretty sure Juan Soto is not hitting 52 home runs this year. <laughs> so if people listen to this and take any advice from us, it is do not multiply through by th- the factor of three, which would get you close ish to the 162 games. Don't multiply through by at bats normalized. Just don't. Just don't take twenty twenty. Don't take twenty twenty <laughs> and fork and and make your forecast based on that. Um, take twenty twenty with a grain of salt. Is that the right expression? That is the, that is the right expression. So I'm so now I'm kind of mulling over what to do with what to do with our weighting system because I had weighted everything to have to be the batters especially to be pretty heavily weighted towards 2020 statistics because I wanted to capture those small changes I have to revert we can't we can't I mean that's why Eric Hosmer is to like number 20 in our rankings we can't do that Eric Hosmer good season from Eric Hosmer though great season from Eric Hosmer for 60 games he's done that before yeah yes he has and so yeah, so I, I'm basically going to produce these, and, and I should say these look similar for other other stats too. So it's not just it's not just runs versus RBIs that that looks diffuse. It's it's every stat looks diffuse in 2020. Can we get um, what is the pitching equivalent? Is um, K's to whip? I think it's probably <laughs> yeah, it's probably K's to whip. I should make I should make the K's to whip one too. So I'm I'm just very. I was surprised by this, I think. I mean, I, I knew this, you know, I knew this in the back of my head, like, oh, 2020 is an outlier. Like, what are you going to do with it? And then I I needed to, like, I needed to see this visual aid <laughs> to fully understand. Absolutely. And so I'm coming, no, I'm coming back helps. around. I mean, you, you told me last week that, you know, I need to put visual aids in our explanation of how we make the stats. And this is, this is basically number one visualization number one like hey here's how close everyone is to the centroids and i should say the nice thing about having the centroids on here is that you can see the further any individual player is from an actual centroid the less certain we're going to be on them in general right and we we try to reflect that in the error bars that we give for individual players but there's still you know it's it's not it's not fully captured we can't fully do that yeah Yeah. but so the man was in it was sort of interesting is that we're going so there's a lot of dispersion in 2020 there wasn't as much in 2019 no so you're you're not only do you have a, an outlier year but you have an outlier year off of a, a very compact year a more predictable year i think so 2018 and 2019 are both quite predictable actually pretty tight pretty tight distributions tight. here 2017 a little less so i mean i think you're probably seeing the difference in the ball, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But 20, Maybe. I think, I mean, so 
I would have said now, now I would say like, oh man, I wish we could just redo our 2020 forecast with a full 2020 season because I bet it would have been pretty good, <laughs> right? Like two compact years in a row. I know. If you had a full 2020 well. season, like, oh, that probably would have been pretty good. But now I'm looking at this and thinking, well, the validation on our 2020 stats is going to be bad because like, look how much dispersion there is. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. I think that about brings us to the review session. Trey Turner. Trey Turner, I'm not going to get him. I kind of wish I could. Age is age 27. So age 27 season, so maybe going to go up from here. Had a good year last year. 2020 stats. As much as we just maligned these in the earlier part, I'm still going to quote them at you, mm-hmm. and then we can go from there. Last year, 59 of the 60 games. 259 plate appearances. What? For that year. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot of plate appearances. Uh, 46 runs. He's got 41 RBIs, 12 stolen bases, a 335 average. I mean, those are basically all top 10. Every one of those categories, every one of those stats is top 10. Inside the park home run? Inside the park home run. <laughs> does that count in his home run? That was... It does, right? What? Do they, does, uh, does StatCast count that? I think I, I think they do. think so. Yeah, okay. He had 12 home runs, in case I didn't say that. So that was the first the, the first highlight that came up was that one when i when i just search for it and you gotta love it you gotta love a guy that gets an inside the park home run trade and he is a fast guy trade Turner looks like a guy who can get an inside the park home run which i like yeah you know it's not it's not an improbable it's like that guy could get an inside the park home run six to 185 borderline if he could be in the raised bullpen <laughs> as well he's, so he'd be the shortest guy tall. in the raised bullpen but it's okay he would be but he might be able to to make it in there. He also looks so young. He, I mean, that's I also that's why I said his that age. He's like twenty four. <laughs> that's why I said his well. age. <laughs> yeah, because it's so easy to forget. Like, oh yeah, he's he actually has been around for a while. I mean, he uh, he he got major league reps in twenty fifteen. He did, yeah. And that was I twenty sixteen was when we first started to really talk about him. He's a guy that I don't want to like, but I don't. I've come around to liking him. Did not like him. I would say. 2015 to 2018 and then i'd say 2019 after the 2018 season which was which first of all 2018 amazing season he played in 162 games 740 play appearances (laughs) that's yes (laughs) that is massive that's insane so i mean how do you not like that you gotta like a season like that yeah yeah and you get 73 rbis that year that's that's just showing, and that that's showing up, that's <laughs> showing up at the plate. That yeah, matters. exactly. Seventy three RBIs for a leadoff hitter is like, that's eh, pretty good. A leadoff hitter in the N in the NL. That's yeah. especially yeah. Amazing. Oh yeah, I didn't even didn't even think about that. That's a really good. That's a really good point. So I I mean you're you're not going to draft him because he's not falling in the right spot because he's not he's not number two. You can't pick him number two overall. I mean, I guess one could. But I'm not going to be the guy to do that. Yeah, if I had, I included him in that list of like guys that I really wanted to get in the top eight. Are we sure? Um, are we sure that Tatis is going to have a better year than Turner? No, no, and that's probably why I'm not. Why I, it's doubtful that I draft him. I'd rather have Mookie Betts or Juan Soto, and I think that in TGFBI that that the outfield is going to be really really hard to come up with enough players to fill fill my team so i would love to have an outfielder first yeah 
Yeah, I, I do agree. We didn't talk about that meta level, but there 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 very well may be some actual positions positional scarcity in a TGFBI style league in the outfield. Not at shortstop. The outfield there's just too many there's just too many slots for outfielders. And as we're gonna go through in these reviews this year, there are a lot of shortstops that are fun. I know, I know. I like a lot of these shortstops. So what else about Trey Turner's uh, about about his values here? I'm gonna I'm actually gonna go to his 2019 MLB percentile rankings after spending time um, maligning 2020. So things to like: um, reasonable exit velocity. He's doing okay on K's. He doesn't whiff a ton. He doesn't walk a lot, which you don't love from your leadoff hitter. Yeah, you'd want that. It's only what. 8.5 last year and 7.6 the year before that that needs to be better maybe that's i mean maybe it's one of the reasons why adam eaton was yeah yeah was ended up still being the um number one probably why a trade turner got a bunch of rbis actually so what do you think i mean can he right so if he can do better at taking if he can take just a few more walks I think this that could be a really good that could be a really good thing for Trey Turner. Yeah, so in the twenty eighteen year Adam Eaton had ten percent walk rate. You know, two per two percentage oh, I mean, points you'd, higher you'd than love you'd love to see that. Trey Turner. Um if if he could get a ten percent walk rate, that would be great. Yeah. But the question is, does that come at the expense of him getting some hits? Is he getting some hits because he took he hit bad pitches and legged him out? And he's not going to be able to do that forever? That's a good question. I mean, I think he should... I mean, I think he should work on taking some walks, right? Because because if you are 100 percentile on sprint speed, which he is, like, you cannot rely on that forever. No, you cannot rely on that forever. Man, he was drafted by the Padres. How fun would he have been on, as a Padre now? I, that would be good. That would be good. Any uh, any specific pitch that he's not as good at? Well, he sees off speed pitches. Everybody throws him four seamers, and he's not as and he's fine with fastballs. His batting average is three sixty two, off speed pitches two sixty eight. So yeah, he could maybe throw him the change. He could do a little better on he could, he could face curves a little better. <laughs> I'm seeing here. Yeah, we gotta put away percentage on curves is twenty three percent. He's. He's whiffing on forty percent of curveballs. That's we got We got to fix that. We got to fix that, buddy. From the curve. <laughs> Come on, my man. So it really, so really, I mean, that really kind of bears out his um, his walk rate, though. Like we got to improve his. If we get to improve Trey Turner's seeing of breaking balls, we might be in better better place. Wow, expecting batting average on breaking pitches. X batting average. Sorry, not expected. Uh, Two fifty five. That must mean that must mean he must be like three fifty or or three thirty or something on on fastballs. Three forty seven. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, he did the mental math there. Good. Launch angle is nine. <laughs> well, he's so, he's not putting him in the air. He's not trying to get home runs. I the thing that I yeah I, I mean he's I do feel surprised he, when Trey Turner gets a home run right. I I do, but you watch his his swing looks good. Sure. His swing looks really good. He gets not quite as many barrels as you want but like when he hits it he hits it he gets he he loads up on him um i can understand why the guy in our home league ended up getting him because he's got a very sweet swing (laughs) yes 
That's so true. I just, I do wonder how, I, I think that he'll break down earlier than a lot of other valuable players at this. If you're in a keeper league and you have Trey Turner, I think that you can only expect him to be valuable until like age 31, unless he changes who I agree. What he does. I agree with that. He would need a massive reinvention to be useful for more than three years, I would say. Three, four years from but at the same time, he's going to be very useful in the next couple of years. He's he's the kind of guy that might end up being the highest on the player radar. I agree. At the end of the year, I I agree with that. I would say, I would say the distribution of times that he ends up as the best shortstop is like he and Tatis, in my opinion, are pretty neck and neck. I think Tatis is going to usually be ranked above him, and Turner could get have the better year most okay. of those years. All right. Sure. Um, all right. So next week we are continuing on down to what is the uh, consensus overall number nine ranking. Trevor Story, shortstop in Colorado. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Sea. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Sea. All I've got left is, we're select to you, buddy. We're select to you, too. Yeah.